This morning, fact checker. This is where we debunk all the misinformation going around in local media, giving you the real evidence, real facts, and set the record straight. Joining us on the line is our resident fact checker, Jamie Sung. Hello. Good morning, Henry. Good morning, Jamie. We're going to talk real estate first. Uh, We know about these property taxes, uh, and they are due for the first half of this year. That time period very much approaching. Uh, I'm very much uh, intimately uh, and uh, uh, kind of concernedly involved (laughs) with this. Now, there are some people, because of recent uh, announcements by the government, who are complaining that we're going to see this uh, so-called tax bomb and uh, taxes are going to be increased because of the recent real estate policies. Is that true? Well, it's true that the property tax slightly increased, but it's not true that it's because of the recent real estate policies. Because the July 10th measures to stabilize the bubble-prone real estate market didn't affect the property tax rate at all. Uh, The property tax is still determined by the land value by public announcement multiplied by 60% of the fair market value ratio. So this is different from the comprehensive real estate holding tax, of which the fair market value ratio was raised in the July 10th measures. But the comprehensive real estate holding tax is only imposed on owners of high-value real estate of over $600 million won in publicly announced land value. So this change doesn't affect most property owners. Right. But some people did see a slight increase in their property taxes this year. For example, maybe from 187,000 won to 198,000 won, some odd. Uh, So by a little bit more than 10,000 won, if you are a a sole resident, uh, those are clear numbers of of an uptick, maybe not dramatic. But is there a reason for that? Well, it's because the publicly announced land value has increased 6% on average year on year. Uh, Public land value for apartments increased by about 15% in Seoul, 3% in Gyeonggi province, and 1% in Incheon. And that for houses in Seoul has also increased by about 8%. And these were raised uh, in an effort to uh, bring it up uh, a little bit more so that it will closely match the actual price of the land. And since property taxes are set by multiplying the public land value by Looks like uh, the connection with uh, Unji has been cut off. Why don't we try to get that uh, reestablished again? Apologies to our listeners there. It was just an abrupt cutoff. Uh, We've been talking about real estate policy, and again, uh, it has been uh, a very difficult nut for the uh, the government to try to crack and try to come up with uh, proper measures here. But there has been an ensuing concern with taxes. Let's see if we have her connected again. Hello. Hi. All right, uh, Jamie. So let's uh, continue to talk about this July 10th real estate uh, market stabilization measures. Some people online, if you go into these uh, real estate uh, cafes, uh, you can really go down a rabbit hole. Uh, A lot of political stuff in there as well. But they're basically saying that uh, real estate speculators don't have to worry about the acquisition tax increase. So what's their rationale? So what those people are claiming is that the acquisition tax counts as an expense when calculating the transfer tax, which means the acquisition tax you paid when buying an apartment would be deducted completely from the transfer tax you have to pay when selling the apartment later. So the acquisition tax increase wouldn't affect their bottom line after all is what they're saying. 
Now, it doesn't seem to add up in terms of numbers because one would naturally wonder what the point of raising the acquisition tax rate from, uh, let's say, 1% to 4% to 8% to 12% because the main goal seemed to have been to affect the speculators' bottom line. That's right. And those people are wrong to assume that the entire amount of the acquisition tax you paid when buying an apartment would be deducted from the transfer tax you pay later when selling it because what's deducted from the transfer tax is the acquisition tax you paid multiplied by the transfer tax rate. For example, let's suppose you have to pay $5 million one more for acquisition tax because of the acquisition tax increase included in the July 10th measures. When you sell your apartment and have to pay transfer tax, you don't get the entire $5 million one deducted. And what is deducted is $5 million one times the transfer tax rate of 60, so just $3 million one. That means that you would have to uh, pay $2 million one more uh, if your acquisition tax was $5 million one more. Yeah, it's all confusing with a lot of bunch of different numbers and calculations. But by the way, if you own multiple properties... You should probably get worried and maybe uh, sell off one of your properties. Uh, And uh, otherwise, uh, if you have a house and you're living in it, depending on how expensive it is, you might see an uptick. But uh, for now, if you are legitimately living in a house that you have purchased, you shouldn't worry too much about uh, uh, huge tax increases. Let's turn to uh, some interesting politics here. We've got upcoming confirmation battles for the unification minister position. And that uh, individual is the former floor leader of the ruling party, Yin Young. Now, the opposition United Future Party lawmaker Kim Gi-hyun has been sort of trying to make a name for himself prominently right now by mm-hmm. being the key attack dog uh, against Ian Young, particularly in regards to Ian Young's son. So let's debunk some of these allegations that the nominee and his wife's um, bank deposit supposedly skyrocketed while their son was studying in Switzerland. It sounds very murky and uh, bad, but well, where is this claim coming from? So conservative media outlets and United Future Party lawmaker Kim Gi-hun seems to be basically accusing the nominee of corruption based on the fact that his, he and his wife's bank deposit increased by 1.2 million won year-on-year in 2018 and 188 million won in 2019 while their son was studying abroad in Basel, Switzerland. They're saying that they don't understand how the couple's deposit could increase when their son is studying in the third most expensive city in the world. There is um, some kind of accusation that there's no way that Yin Young could have had this uh, money increased uh, without doing things that uh, uh, are legitimate uh, because he would have had to spend tons of money to support his son's studies and stay in Switzerland during that period. So saying the numbers don't add up, uh, but there is an explanation for the increase, right? Yes, and the explanation is clearly provided in the same public records the United Future Party lawmaker is referring to, if he cared to look. In 2019, the rent period on the couple's apartment was up, so they had the key money of $320 million won returned. And out of the $320 million, the nominee's wife gave $200 million key money back to the person who was renting her apartment when the couple returned to live in it. And they deposited the remaining $120 million won in the bank. And nominee Lee would have to answer for the remaining $70 million won himself. But considering how he was a lawmaker with his own income and his wife with also her own income, it may be just that they simply saved their earnings. Right. Sounds plausible. What about the timing of this? Their son studied in Switzerland from 2017 to 2018, but uh, the uh, 188 million won increase uh, occurred uh, sometime in 2019. 
Yeah, he stayed in Basel from August 2017 to October 2018. So the claim that their bank deposit skyrocketed while their son was studying abroad in Switzerland is simply not factual. And regarding another allegation that their son led a luxurious lifestyle in Switzerland, the nominee provided that he wire-transferred a total of 30 million won for housing and living expenses for the period of 14 and a half months. And to break it down, it's 5.8 million won for rent and 24.8 million for living expenses. And tuition for two semesters cost around 12 million won. So the couple ended up giving the son around 42 million won to study abroad for over a year, which is not that much considering how much it cost a college student from Korea studying in the United States because it would easily cost over 50 to 60 million won for year's tuition alone. They're throwing a lot of mud uh, on the wall, seeing what, what will stick. But bottom line, what you're seeing is a strategy that uh, we've got to attack these ruling party lawmakers uh, and their sons. And, you know, th- this idea that, oh, these progressive guys, they're not supposed to be rich, but Yun Mi-hyang or Yi In-young or all these other lawmakers, even Chumye, the justice minister, talking about how their sons or offspring are so privileged and uh, that, uh, mm-hmm. that that is something to be criticized in and of itself. But let's also uh, see if we can find some uh, illegal activity here. But again, we've got to see these confirmation here and uh, watch uh, In Young uh, try to debunk all of these claims. Final uh, fact check here, uh, Jamie. The U.S. President Donald Trump, well known for uh, embellishing the truth. I think that's the understatement. But the Washington Post fact checker now has tallied the number of times Trump has made false or misleading claims. It's an ongoing tally. Uh, the numbers are pretty staggering. Yes, the Washington Post tally of Trump's lies stands at 20,055 claims in just 1,267 days. They established that Trump made 10,000 false or misleading claims in 827 days, and the number increased to 20,000 just 440 days later, which means he told an average of 23 false or misleading claims a day for a period of 14 months. And this was during the impeachment trials, the coronavirus pandemic, which is still going on, and the anti-racism protest in the wake of the deaths of George Floyd. Uh, and re- looking at it by topic, he made the most false or misleading claims on immigration, followed by foreign policy and trade, miscellaneous claims of the economy and Russia in that order. The most repeated false claim is that the U.S. economy today is the best in history, which he started saying in June 2018 and it has repeated 360 times. But even before the coronavirus, the U.S. economy was not doing as well as it did under former presidents Dwight Eisenhower, Lyndon B. Johnson, or B. Bill Clinton. Okay, so the economy uh, lie is debunked. What about the second and third most repeated claims? The second most repeated claim is that the border wall is being built. He repeated it 261 times. And the third one is that his tax cut was the biggest in history, which he has said 210 times. And neither of them is true, as you know. The Washington Post expressed concern that the, quote-unquote, tsunami of Trump's untruths, ranging from false attacks, conspiracy theories, and groundless boasts, just keeps looming larger and larger. It's bad to lie. You shouldn't lie, uh, especially if you're the leader of the free world and president of the United States. But guys, hey, it's very impressive to be able to lie <laughs> 20,000 times in, in this uh, short span of time. And so uh, quite an impressive feat there by uh, President Trump. All right, Jamie, as always, thank you very much for joining us. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you, Henry.